Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the ball! Oh, 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 I hope he didn't kill somebody. Hello, good day to all. 11 personnel back in action. Nick Roush here with my big voice. Adam Luckett, how are you doing today, fine sir? Pretty good, Mr. Roush. A lot of stuff has happened since we last recorded. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I needed to come off with like a big fake voice because just, you know, things aren't looking great. Uh, it's not been a fun few days on the tweet machine. <laughs> no. I will say that. Me, I, I guess it would be Thursday. Thursday really kind of felt like the early pandemic days where just like news is flying off the shelves because mm-hmm. between the all conference stuff and then Andy Bashir telling everybody that we had to wear a mask and then just the the comments that follow the stuff, it just kind of piles on and it gets, it gets draining. And there was definitely a moment where I felt drained, but look it, I'm not here. Here's the thing. I can't, I, I've, I've been telling myself this before and I, I've got to keep reminding myself that I can't get caught up on uh, every, you know, one day at a time. Like if, if you do that, you just wear your ass out. Cause that news can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, in that echo chamber known as Twitter where things can just hit fast and it feels like you're just getting snowballed with bad news. Right. Right. Well, and then it, it, it it was weird because this time it actually stopped. So Mm -hmm. the first time it hit, everything just kept getting canceled and it was like two weeks of cancellations. Whereas in this case, we had the big 10 announce that they're going to go to a conference only schedule. um, And, then you had reports that the ACC was going yeah. to do it. Got a which, little ahead of ourselves there. Yeah, they got. That. Yeah, John Swafford was like, no, 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 not so fast. Now Larry Scott, who I actually, I think I believe actually got COVID nineteen. He yeah, went he ahead did. and pulled the trigger and said we're going to do a conference only schedule. Um, so, but when you kind of stop for a second and you look around, you're like, okay, uh, well, Kentucky schedule still intact. So far. So football season's moving on. And, hey, they even gave us some good news. They had every single person test negative for coronavirus. Turns out in medicine, negative is good. Yeah, kind of like golf. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Which, by the way, um, the memorial this weekend is going to be pretty great. Yeah, lineup stack. You get Brooks, Rory, and Tiger teeing off together. Like that's gonna be freaking awesome. I was hoping they would put Brooks with Bryson. Did oh, you see just... Brooks's tweet last week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I was uh, hoping for that. Hopefully, we get them. Kenny Powers, this weekend or uh, Roy Dray. Was it Kenny Power? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Eastbound and Downs steroid use. Oh man, uh, 
because he's probably juicing but um you know who cares <laughs> Dude, oh, wait, are you are you are you for bryson oh i love it man oh god I, I he's the worst he's a nerd he's a nerd I, hiding behind steroids golf needs a villain man okay all right yes i'm with you i like cheering against him but yeah. do, you, do you cheer against him or for him no he just makes me laugh like <laughs> i love watching him play golf <laughs> like it literally makes me laugh he's just getting up there and Tattooing the ball, bazooka in it, 450 yards out. He reminds me of like the fat drunk in the fraternity that's kind of a meatball that mm-hmm. you'll like, but will, you know, he can be a bit much sometimes. And yeah, you like, can be smartest guy in the room syndrome for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, just chill the hell out, buddy. Just, just, just relax, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you kind of like him, but at the same time, you hate him, but he's, you, you want to have him around. So I'm glad he's around. And especially, He's 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 does great when he gets to beat up on the JV squad, um, mm-hmm. and this weekend it's not the JV squad. The big dogs yeah. are out. He's been playing. I mean, he was top ten every tournament since they've been back. So that, uh, I mean, just consistently doing that's pretty pretty damn good. I don't care what level of competition you're playing with. It's still pros out there. Yeah, but yeah. now we yeah we get to see everybody. Tiger will take up a lot of oxygen obviously this weekend, but Rory's back. Kepko will be out there. Justin Thomas let a one slip through his fingers this past weekend so i didn't see i, I saw it, it was like one of the only sporting events i didn't watch this weekend because on the heels of all that bad news thursday we had tbt mm-hmm. basketball tournament which i get a rooting interest in dayton because my, my wife's family's big flyers fans and uh they were just like fran for just kept talking about her hometown they're like saint henry ohio they kept shouting it out because uh daniel mike sells from it and he was playing well but they made it to the final four uh, Joe Johnson's team got upset. That was a crazy ass game Sunday. Uh, the NASCAR game was wild. You had the first soccer game in the new Louisville Stadium on Sunday. So there was a, and then the UFC fight Saturday, which I mm-hmm. hell I, I passed out for. It was even got to the main event, but like there was a lot happening. So even though it's we we got some doom and gloom, we got a little bit of optimism, except for the fact that our boy JT he nails like what a fifty foot putt. Mm-hmm. on the opening hole of a playoff. But what happened after that? I, I, I did not see what happened after that other than uh, there was there was one putt that rolled right over the cup. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think back because it's a lot has happened. <laughs> I know he, mi- he missed the putt either on the second or third hole that would have he would have won it, and everybody thought he was going to hit it, and he missed. And then it, the third hole, Morikawa won with the par, so – yeah, kind of there was a kind of little anticlimactic i think but it was a, a hell of a matchup because he was up three strokes on like going to 16 i think justin thomas was yeah which is crazy but that mm-hmm. more guy yeah he's a real deal right right he's he's up and coming he can't yeah. really putt but everything else he's like top of the line driving wise he's a little back but you talk about just any like irons like going into the green anything like that he's he's the best going right now and that was another Adam Luckett shout out early on that I didn't know about. It's kind of like a John Summerall shout out, you know. And that, that's what Adam Luckett yep. does. He it gives you little teasers uh, before hey, they. I've happen. had to. Uh, I've had to, with uh, the KSR golf. I've been doing just to give me a little plug. Pick up winner each week. Okay. The, three of the tournaments, I think I've picked the runner up. <laughs> I mean, you can you hey, can Justin Thomas. Yeah, Justin Thomas this weekend. Um, Terrell Hatton 
a few weeks ago when they were in Hilton Head, and then I think there was one more I had. I can't re- really remember. Yeah, so three of the three of the five I'm coming up just one spot short. Oh well, then who's who's it going to be this weekend? I don't know. This week is going to be hard because there's so many good golfers in there. In about half, uh, you know, half the good guys they just have you know a bad round or two and they're done. We haven't right. heard a lot of noise from Ricky Fowler in a while, so I'm going to throw mm-hmm. his name out. He's there. played better the last two weekends, so yeah. he might be able to be a guy. Roll that dice. Around. It's been a while. He's due. He's due. It's coming back around. Um, but to come back around to football, uh, in the midst of all that sports, the University of Kentucky, they completed their coronavirus testing, and 100% scot-free of corona. COVID can get the hell out of that Joe Craft football training facility because it ain't nowhere to be found, Adam Muckett. Yeah, let's get out of here. Really good news, especially after they took some slack for just doing the antibody test and not the full enchilada. Right, right. And I had a friend joke. It's like, I don't know if I can buy that. I was like, well, they may have had it two weeks ago, but they ain't got it anymore. <laughs> so right. uh, either way, like even if they did have it, um, they've remained. Well, they've been together so long now, guys that may have had it, they could have quarantined or whatever. And now exactly cleared out right because i mean when they first get there they basically spend a week doing nothing anyway um which Mm -hmm. i'm sure that kind of gets it out of their system for the most part um but it's one of those things that right now kentucky we're doing all right i mean uh right of course the you know more people in our state got a can actually listen to people's advice and that would be nice instead of you can't make me wear a mask but for the most part Commonwealth Kentucky's doing fine it's the it's the Florida man like that might cost the SEC a damn Florida man I wonder how much of Florida too obviously Florida's got a a bit of team NF factor mm-hmm. with a lot of their residents but yes. you also have to thank all these people coming in from out of town for all their vacations that and then you think about the retirement communities you know there's a lot of vulnerable populations that are living right. close together well just so, old people in general there i mean it's a lot of old people live down yeah, there yeah um no offense to your in-laws no offense yeah, at no. all no offense <laughs> not at all i think um, they might actually be one of the youngest people in uh, ponte Vedra beach oh there we go <laughs> that was a good one that was a good one like it um but i i Today, Greg Sankey, he met with SEC athletic directors in person. It's the first time they met in person since the SEC tournament. Um, What did I say? Yeah, they were in Birmingham together at the league offices. And Sankey went on Feinbaum after their meeting, and he essentially said what he said on Marty and McGee Saturday morning. Yeah. And it was kind of – like, I have I a quote hear, right here if you want me to read it. If you want to read it and then give your take, because I, I want to share mine, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts first. We have to see a change in public health trends to build a comfort level that we will have an opportunity to compete this fall. Basically, I think what he's doing is, is kind of a last-ditch effort to get more people kind of in line and really, at the same time, though, delaying him having to make a big decision mm-hmm. about whether they can need to go conference only, whether they can do some non-conference. Um, really, I think he's given himself wiggle room with his conf- with these statements and, and also saying, everybody get on the same page, let's all wear masks, let's all try to do the best we can. But really, all these conference commissioners, 
they're all trying. I mean, they're just trying to buy time as much time as they can. No, nobody right. wants to stick their neck out because the you weird thing with college football ball. is NCAA is just like they don't care. Do, do like, you, you all, you you all decide? Yeah. Because I mean, the NCAA does not crown a champion in college football. Why college football is so important? Because for every school, it it's just it's the breadwinner. It brings right. home the money, so you can do everything else you want to do. Where the NCAA really is big is the men's basketball tournament and March men's Madness. basketball in general. That's their baby, yeah. But right. For for college football, they don't crown a national champion. It's just it's kind of its own self entity in a lot of ways. And there's no – it's really just conference commissioners. That's who makes the decisions. And I think what happened with the Big Ten, the way you put it, like they're all trying to buy time. And I think – And the Big Ten has a new commissioner too. Was it came from a, so, so Delaney is out now? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I think it's the new guy. Like I could be wrong. I think his name's Kevin Warren. See, I thought Delaney was at least through the end of the year. That you might you might be right on that. But what? Either, but either way, that could be Delaney just trying to be uh, say something. Well, and I, and I think there's a there's also a hey, if we just roll with this plan. Yeah. Warren's the commissioner now, Kevin he, Warren. He is. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a first big decision to make. Yeah. But but I think in their way of buying time, they're saying, hey, if we just go back to the drawing board and they already play nine conference games anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think most believe that it'll only be in a, about a 10 game season or so. Hey, I think yeah. their way to going back to the drawing board is, Hey, if we just move forward, if we start this other plan, there's a higher probability that we can make it work. If we're just operating under this assumption. To me, but it's in, all about wiggle room. I think it buys everybody just a little more room well, for error. And I think Sankey's pissed off. Because he knows that you really don't like don't need to make the decision right away. So yeah, I think a lot of people were upset about the Big Ten's timing. Right. Because it. why why the, is it announce it now? Why can't we just kind of get through this week and then figure it out? There's no real rush to well, make that announcement. And and I think their thought is, hey, things can get better in two weeks. But you know what? Maybe the Big Ten sounds the alarm enough for uh, folks to get it together. I know I've seen some people be like, man, if. If only we had people like threatening to have college football go away two or three months ago. Um, but the reality of the situation, I think the way that Sankey's put it, A, he's mad at the timing because there is time for things to change. Just as two weeks ago, America didn't, I mean, it was still not good, but things went from, so like, let's say we're operating under a scale of one to 10, like it, whereas like 10 is uh, Corona is, is just ravaging everywhere and uh you know one is pre-pandemic it's see you later we're back to normal i think for a while there the 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 early months of june and maybe late may things were getting better in new york i feel like we were probably around like a five-ish a four or five-ish and it was trending downward and then with a matter of two weeks that five jumped to like eight and a half pretty yeah. quickly. So yep. I, I think their thought is, okay, if it can get that bad that quickly, maybe if we all get our stuff together two weeks from now, we can get it back down to a five. Because if not, if this has taught us one thing, it's that plans change really quickly. And I think that's, that's very day to day for sure. I think Sinky's that's his last hope. This is kind of his last ditch effort to buy a couple more weeks. Yeah, I think it just gets back to just buying time. I think – Sankey 
sees it in a way where I think at perfect world, they wouldn't have to get rid of all the non-conference games. Like in a regional basis, they could maybe play some of those non-conference by games. Kind of like Kentucky's playing Max. What like you know. well the Mac, that Big Ten rule it just it, that slays the Mac. Yeah, that's a league. Nearly every team, if they're not playing a Big Ten school this year, they're playing one next year. Some of them play two um, in some seasons, and you just take that guaranteed money away from a conference that it's barely getting by anyway. I mean, they by the smallest of margins. That could just – I mean, the ripple effect in all of this is going to be interesting to follow because the big leagues are going to be fine. College sports, as we know, is going to survive, but it could knock a lot of people out. And what effect that has on, on the game is that means less scholarships you can offer kids in high school, um, and that could turn into less kids in high school sticking with a certain sport or changing a sport. And it just – it could have a big effect on on – on college sports, the, the, the sports uh, that our website are based off of, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think sports, especially – it could be a big change. I know we immediately go to, like, the Olympic sports. In Kentucky's case, it would be like it. you're, you're tracking fields in jeopardy. But in the MAC, it's like your baseball program, which, hell, there's a lot of kids from the state that are at least going to get – check the some college box – because they're going to try to play baseball somewhere like i mean yeah. thousands and that otherwise probably wouldn't if you know the sport wasn't a part of it so you're, you're right Luckett, and that's going to be something that like man 10 or 15 years from now somebody's going to do this really exhaustive it's not going to be the ringer because they're going to be more focused on the nba but there's going to be some sort of uh long detailed piece on the kind of death of what corona killed in college athletics and it's probably going to be in the minor sports but i that's a scary thing to think of to it kind could of, get us one step closer that super conference deal that people have talked about for a while yeah, yeah and i know people are like oh we're going to get notre dame in the acc now people really want to just wrangle lasso notre dame into the acc i, I, I get it if yeah. you're an acc no, person acc but the commission he wasn't ready to play that leverage card because they pretty much said no, like we're not. They're gonna they can come in, we'll let them in, but we're not gonna try to, you know, play hardball with them. Right, which I right. think well, said a lot. Well, because I, I think the ACC needs Notre Dame more than Notre Dame needs the ACC. Absolutely, <laughs> like especially for that TV network. Yes, it would be great to have exclusive rights, all that stuff. But Notre Dame basically has it. They have NBC Sports. They have their own TV revenue stream, and they have the freedom to schedule whoever and keep like the USC rivalry game alive and stuff like that. So, well, and it gives up uh, the AC, some ACC teams, you know, a marquee game every year. Right, right, right. Exactly. Because so. Notre Dame, they have a contract. I think they have to play five ACC teams per season. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think the ACC is pretty content unless you get to that big super conference, which, you know, hell that could be somewhere two, three years down the road. But uh, one thing that I do want to put in people's ear just to just put a pin in it as far as things that are coming down the line. I think this might be a way for Kentucky to get a basketball, an NBA team. Yeah, I think I've seen you uh, mention that. I saw CBS wrote a story on it, and I didn't – it hadn't crossed my mind, but the, it finally makes the financials make sense in that you get expansion teams 
to have an influx of cash. Right. It's great, great for short-term games, gains because teams pay a lot of money to get into the league. But once they're in, they share revenue. So teams ultimately uh, around the league, their worth goes down. But if they need that influx of cash, expansion team helps. And that could be a positive consequence is getting an NBA team in the Yum Center. Uh, and probably, cool. you know, maybe three years down the road. But uh, it might suck. But that's a trade-off for having super conference stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. that could be a part of the new normal. But we got we got a little bit out of hand there. I want to go back because, look, it, I, know, I know we're going to talk again before this decision's made. Uh, what, what camp are you currently in right now? Is it – are you in the – uh season's going to happen are you in the all conference are you in the it's going to be spring football are you in the no football where are you currently where's your mind kind of at number one i've never bought into the spring football i just don't think you could do it i think it's going to be asking an awful lot man because all these kids that are going to go in the draft why would they want to play you're going to have to squeeze in a season real quick um, you're going to eliminate spring football again. You're going to blow up the recruiting calendar again for for I don't for like seven games where a lot of them are going to be in horrible weather. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't I don't know how that's going to work. And I don't I don't think that is an option either. Really, yeah, I don't. I just that's <laughs> never like made sense to me why like why they would do that. The only thing that really made sense to me was pushing the season back maybe a month or so, and then maybe ending like early January, like running like the NFL does. Yeah, but starting in I just that just starting in the spring semester just never made sense for the Ivy League. It makes sense because yeah, because the, they're they're playing with a different set of rules and all that, and they could just use it as a spring practice or like they it just eliminates spring practice. They can play all the teams they play are regional based. Nobody goes to the games anyway, so <laughs> right, I mean, right. so yeah. it's just I mean it's just easier. JUCO is the same way I think, but for College football, big time college football. I just never thought that would work because mm-hmm. there's just there's just too much, too many. Yeah, parts. and the one thing I thought about today too, like so, if this is just my if, and of course we don't have an answer for it, but if you blow up spring football, do you do the baseball or if football just doesn't happen, do they do the baseball route and just say if you got seniors, you can they can stay around? Like, yeah. The only thing that makes sense, Nick, is having ex- extended spring practice and let teams play two, three exhibition games against regional opponents. Yeah, and that was uh, – money and you could put it on TV. Yeah. And then start uh, – yeah. There, there's, there's plenty which of – Which we should – which they should anyway. They, they, they should be able to play an exhibition or two either in spring or in early camp. I, I firmly believe that. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Right, right. Exactly. But as of right – the whole time leading up to this, I've always thought they would play. Mm-hmm. I thought from the beginning that pushback would probably be the best method of operation. Myself some more time. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the last month or so, I've realized, yeah, they're probably, get, it's going to be hard to get a 12 game season in. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do for that. So going to conference only, it's not a big surprise, but it's hard seeing this news the last couple of days to see what they can do. At best, I think they shoot for 10 and maybe have a six-game season. I think that might be the best-case scenario right now. Six-game season, just play your division opponent? Well, you shoot for 10, and then if stuff happens where you have to cancel games, you shoot for 10, and then get if you can get six, you feel – whatever. if you get anything past that, it's kind of gravy. 
But I just don't know how you feel feel good about it moving forward because, I mean, you can get lost in the shuffle of Twitter and how bad it is. Right, right, right. But when you start just thinking about well, the logistics of playing a college football season right, and how you travel, how you're going to do the testing, what, what the stuff that's going to happen at school, what – what it's going to look like if you know, schools aren't in session, all, all of that. It just – I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I don't think it's looking good. For the first time, I, I'm doubting that we'll have a season, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Which that's, that's an honest – That's an, an honest way to go about the last three or four days or so. Um, because uh, when we were looking at this in April – this was supposed to be the time that wasn't that bad, you know? And, and that's right. the that's, – We all that's, thought that the summer heat would kill it, and I thought that would lead into people actually getting excited about the season. And then the worry would be after you're, you know, you're going into end of September, early October, and then it's come back up again. But it's actually been the opposite. It's gotten worse as it's gotten scorching hot. Right, because I think people get cooped up and they're like, all right, we need to go to the beach. <laughs> we need to do yeah. something. I mean, there's definitely cabin fever set in for a lot of people. Uh, there's no denying that. Man, uh, I, I kind of get the itch, too. I need to get on the golf course soon. It's been about two weeks. You got to get out there and have a little – it's Bud Light time. Do, man. Hashtag, hashtag bucket season. It's been uh-huh. hot. I played 18 Saturday. It was It was hot. <laughs> it was hot. Did you hit them straight, though? About six of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I, I would just like to say that I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and dive into the possibilities of having a conference-only season. Because, Adam, look, it, I think that even though it would Let be – Let me stop you right there. If they can pull it off, if – I think this could be fun as hell. Oh, yeah, it'd be so much fun. Because there's something about just, all right, well, time to nut up. <laughs> you know, we got yeah, I mean, let's, let's get funky. You know what I'm saying? Let's, yeah. just, let's just get funky. And if you've ever so, – so there's two sides of this coin. And you know what? Like at this water I'm drinking, I've had to drink quite a bit of it because I'm perpetually dehydrated. But it's still half full. If I was to say this was half empty, then – I would say, well, of course, Kentucky football, best team in forever, and we're not even going to get a full season. Perpetual optimist. This glass has full. Kentucky's never been more prepared for an all-conference SEC schedule. Bring mm-hmm. on the big guys. Let's do it. Come on. Toe-to-toe. Let's go. And you know what? They're not going to be They're gonna be playing in full stadiums. They're going to be playing in, in front of friends and family probably. So, and mm-hmm. that, that's at most, which means all of that, like, is the game too big for you? This comes down to who wants to punch the other team in the mouth more. And if you don't think Mark Stoops is going to get his guys ready, Mark Stoops' dudes, they're going to be motivated regardless. And there's not going to be the any sort of deer in headlights possible. So I, I think they can make it work. And look at if I if this does end up happening, if they go to a 10-game schedule, who who are the what sec west opponents that who, who do we think is going to be on it and who would we want to see on it i think that's the ultimate question i'm going to start by saying i would 
I actually think it'd be kind of nice to get a LSU or an A&M because the A&M, A&M would be fun. I think that'd be the most fun of all because of the Jimbo factor. Uh, they played them close two times last year. I mean, you heard Terry Wilson talking to me, talking about that A&M game. The revenge factor would be enormous in that game. And even though A&M's this big Trinity pick, Kellen Mond don't scare me. So I think, I think A&M is pretty evenly matched too. Yeah. It'd be a good game. And in, in, I mentioned LSU just because it's like, well, they don't really scare me. I mean, they were like one of the best teams ever, but uh, how many people can you name besides Derek Stingley and Jamar Chase on that roster? You get you know? the Kelvin Joseph. Exactly. We got boss man. Fat now. Yeah, right. exactly. So um, as far as big dogs, I, I don't want to see Bama because Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle are just stupid and they can just turn a game upside down like that. So um, yeah, we don't want Bama. Mm-mm. I think playing Ole Miss would be cool. Finally get a win over Lane Kiffin for letting that one slip away in 2009. Oh, yeah. That was brutal. tough. One of the, that's one of the tougher losses in recent UK history. I don't think people talk about it enough. Rich Brooks' last home game. You win that, you're going to the Outback Bowl. Mm. And everything since after that game was over, the, the thing just blew up in the next 20 some games in the Joker tenure. Then we had people falling down, self-sacking each other. Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't know who I would I, – I guess it'd be more personal with Jimbo, but that Lane Kiffin revenge factor, I forgot how much I hated him at Tennessee because it, was, yeah. it just happened well, just so one quickly. Year. Right. Um, it's been 11 years now too. It's been a long time. He made his way back home. Um, no, ain't it be fun too because I don't think they're going to be any good. They're going to stink. And I'd rather play them than Sam Pittman because I kind of like – Sam Pittman in Arkansas. They're, they're not going to be not. any good, but I, you know, something about them that you're just like, oh, you can't hate that guy, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be rooting for him. There's some talent on Arkansas. The problem is, the biggest problem for Arkansas is Texas A&M coming in the league. That has really been a big kick in their gut. They can't recruit Texas as the SEC school. Well, now it creates a game kind of like Kentucky and Mississippi State where for you to have a good season, like for Arkansas to have a good season, they have to beat A&M. It's early in the schedule. It gets you off uh, on the right foot in conference play. If you don't win it, it puts you behind the eight ball. And since they've been in the league, they've lost like seven one-possession games to them or something. And it's always put them behind. Yeah. And it's just this big monkey they can't get off their back. And I think it was part of the reason that Bielema got fired so quick is because he couldn't figure well, out. Hell, even last year when they hadn't won a conference game in two plus years, they had A and M on the ropes. The game, the game's close every year. A and M finds a way to pull it out. They win by seven like every season. <laughs> it's the same game essentially every yeah, year. Yeah. Um, Arkansas outplays them, but A and M finds a way to win the game in the end. And Rakeem Boyd's back, so they at least got one of the better. They've got some skill talent in the SEC. Oh, Felipe Franks, he's mm-hmm. talented. They had those two freshman receivers from last oh, year that I, I really like. I can't um, say that with a straight face. Yeah, I can't remember their names, but Traylon I, Burks is one of them, and then uh, I can't think of who the tall guy is. His name off the top of my head. Uh, you get that Phil, Phil Steele this week, and you'll be refreshed. We're, it's it's almost here. It'll probably be here in time for your Sunday morning cup of coffee. The way that Phil tells us. I feel bad for my man. Sent, I think he sent it to printer before all this stuff hit. So you're gonna have all these schedules in here that. Hey, but you know what? I think 
we would probably be like it, it would be the same scenario where this is a college football preview magazine for a college football season that's probably not going to happen but it damn could it be we're, a, a collector's item too now if we don't have a season <laughs> to have that 20 oh, years man. might want to put that in a frame or something um but yeah i i, I Ole Miss and A&M, I think, would be uh, maybe the most fun. I, I do think that if you're with the heads of the – if you're the people making decisions at Birmingham, it probably makes most sense to play cross-divisional opponents that you haven't played your second time in this cycle yet. Because then you can get one yeah. step closer to starting a new cycle. Yeah. Or, hell, you can get one step closer to pod scheduling. I think also, summer. yeah, I think also it's just going to be um, they're going to try to keep it as close as possible. The only That's problem with I that think is Ole Miss, Alabama. The, the only problem with Ole Miss, Alabama, though, is Alabama is probably the closest SEC school to a lot of those teams in the East. You know what I mean? That's like A and M's got to play somebody, so mm-hmm. they're going to have to hop in a plane and right. Uh, well, I just figured they would throw them at, at Missouri and then either Kentucky or Vanderbilt. I would guess. Yeah, probably most likely. Oh, poor Vandy. Well, they already play Vanderbilt AM. That was their cross division this year. Oh, okay. Um, I will say, uh, shout out to Derek Mason and Will Muschamp buying another year, right? Can't get fired after Corona. It's like, yeah, uh, I know. I all know. those basketball coaches that kind of escaped the hot right. seat. It's going to, well, this it's is like college uh, Archie Miller at Indiana, you know? Yeah, it would, it would. It would make a lot of sense, but this is also college football, so we'll see. But yeah, well, you would think for mo- mean, mo- most of them are going to be another year. Derek Mason, whew, he could go zero and nine, man. Like, what game were they winning? The thing is, too, I really do wonder. That offense stinks. Hey, Danny Clark, buddy. That offense is gonna stink <laughs> out. Loud. I'm wondering, like, we don't get Bandy's financials. And Vandy's just a mess anyway. Like, they, like, got rid of all their SIDs. They're just – that place is run like a, a Chinese now, so fire drill. You it's, would know this better than me. So, what is that – like, Department of Communication. So, what does that mean? Okay, and, like, who's so, going to do these people's jobs now? I don't know. And and it, it shows you where their – what their thoughts are on athletics. So, essentially, uh, for, for folks who don't understand how, like, SIDs work, there's – at least one one person that's designated to each team at UK. And then they'll kind of dabble in other sports in the offseason. So, like, for UK football, Susan Lax is my go-to. And all of these interviews that I've had during the offseason, they happen because I have a good relationship with her. And she has a, works with the players and gets them ready for interviews, and we're good to go. They're the UK spokesman confirms, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Vandy. There's a guy. They, they, they vote on the coaches poll. <laughs> yes, exactly. They, they they have they do a, many a thing, uh, many different things, and a lot of it's they're promoting their teams. So like when you go to ukathletics.com and you're seeing gamers for like the the softball team, you want to see their staff what, creates the media. That's who creates the media guy. It's yes, they're, so they're they give arms. you all. They update the record books. They do a lot of stuff. Um, and at Vanderbilt. They had, of course, theirs isn't going to be as large as Kentucky's. Well, first of all, every other athletic department in SEC is separate from the university. Like it's its own own department. (laughs) Vandy is tied into the university. Like their athletic director is, um, it's technically a vice chancellor, which 
means it's a branch, like a branch off from almost like the department of, uh, uh, like department of science. They have the department of athletics. Yes. Yes. Or like education department. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that weird relationship has made their turnover at the athletic department because they just hired it was the first african-american woman to be an ad in the sec and her her name escapes me candace story is her name because the last guy was only there for like a year and burnt through like a million three million dollars of their rainy day fund or he just Mm -hmm. screwed the pooch up so now they're just deciding we're gonna you know what you all don't need your own sids we can use our own well as far as i'm concerned uk sports information department they're the folks that are there, PR, there's a lot more of them there. Now, I know it's because I'm familiar with them, but when you see a UK uh, press release, Jay Bland's typically the only guy speaking for people, whereas there's a – I know that's not necessarily the case, but they handle completely different kind of problems. People who are used to dealing with teachers and professors and athletic administrators – or, excuse me, just like administrators and teachers and academics – in the private school, like in a private institution, they're not going to have to learn how to deal with athletes. That's a completely, completely different skill set. And I'm not really sure what the impetus behind the move was. And I know it's kind of a nerdy media thing to complain about, but like, I, 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 frankly, I don't understand it because as much as we like to crap on Vandy, like Vanderbilt's for half the Calipari era, Vandy was, the peskiest team Kentucky had to to face, and hell, uh, a lot they, easier in basketball to build it up, right? But I mean, their baseball team's what won two national championships, yeah. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Great, co- they just got a great coach. Baseball's another one like that. You just need the guy. If you got the coach in there, you can build it fast. But the point being is, you actually have some like decent success, and you're just showing how little priority you care about it. Well, <laughs> I just scratch it, it. You know what it screams to me is a move you make, a move you make that get, eventually gets you kicked out of the league. <laughs> because like eventually it's like Nick, that stadium's <laughs> it's a dumb man. Oh, and that's I don't think the SEC is going to play around with them if when it comes to maybe this coronavirus ripple effect, it comes to, you know, arming up again, getting some more teams, or it causes a conference to blow up and it gives them a chance to add somebody. I don't think they're going to mess around with Vanderbilt, who's over there nickel and diamond, their, their departments, who's got a, a dump of a football stadium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not investing – in in athletics, they, they they made that hire Malcolm Turner, the guy who ran the G League, was who they hired as their AD, and he was supposed to be a guy come in, be this big fundraiser, do things more traditionally like other schools do things. And apparently, he I don't know what happened. He just spent all the money they had. <laughs> so so now they're going is they went out on a limb for a little bit, but now they're they're really retreating back and going back to the roots, and they're cutting off this thing is another move. Eventually, you know, I could see them just kind of moving on. I think it seems like it's heading that way, at least how I'm I'm viewing it from my from my Ooh, So Vanderbilt to Conference USA. Or Ooh, yeah, or, or whatever. Or UConn and Vanderbilt start their own conference. <laughs> Come up with a name with that, play. man. They can play with Liberty and Hugh Freeze. Um so it yeah, I, I could there's there's a lot of potential here. 
Um, you just in man, I think there, there's some potential there. Um, right. It can be the uh, it costs a lot of money to play in this league. Wait, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm and Derek right. Mason's already been putting them on blast. Like he couldn't he couldn't really do it much because he didn't win many games last year. But when he beat Missouri, he went into his press conference and was just like. I'm built for this. This job, <laughs> this job freaking sucks. Oh hell! But I'm I'm the I'm the one you got. So you better stick with me, and you all got, better support I, me. I gotta deal with which Jared is, Stillman every day. Like, which is who essentially going to put up with Jared Stillman. Essentially, what was what he said was, you know, this job sucks. <laughs> it's it's hard to do. I got not get no help. So y'all boy, y'all need to get behind me because I'm who you got kind of thing. Which brings us to our next topic which is things we're going to miss at sec media days and one thing i'm not going to i i am going to miss is Derek mason and jared stillman having uh uh heart to heart in the media ballroom because nobody else will ask Derek mason a question so he, he has a nice little back and forth with jared and it you know sometimes it can it can feel a little tenuous but you know i Sometimes it's fun, and if y'all don't know Jared Stillman, he uh, he was actually a Louisville women's basketball manager who interned at the ESPN radio station for the longest time with Diener, and now he's on. He has a, a show with a former GM on like afternoons in Nashville, mm-hmm. and he he whenever he gets a chance to to take a you know a jab at at Vandy, that typically happens. But I'll miss that fun little interaction. This is one of a few things that I'll miss from SEC media days that was supposed to, it, it, I mean, hell we'd be doing four podcasts. We, this would be the first of daily podcasts down in Atlanta, but it has been postponed to a later date that I'm sure they're not going to determine until they determine what's happening with the season in late July, if at all. Um, but they'll plan on making it virtual, but like it, I wanted to go back and forth with some of the things that we'll miss most from no SEC media days at the college football hall of fame this year. Number one, you got to shout out the king, Bob Holt. Miss seeing him umpteen times on the tube this week. Yeah. Look or in person. Look, it's BFF, Bob Holt from Arkansas <laughs> Democrat Gazette. Yeah, Gazette. Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, hey, Eli, you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, Arkansas players on your team. Can you talk about uh, recruiting the state of Arkansas? The, the best part is that. So, for those who don't sit around and watch SEC Network nonstop over the, these four days, he is the Jerry Tipton of SEC football. But he just doesn't work for, like, the Alabama newspaper. So, but but he will ask each coach at least one question. Every coach knows his name. Yeah. Oh, even, even Stoops. When Stoops has got you on a first-name basis, like, that's rare. Like, I think John Wong and Cutler are, like, the only two that ever been on a first-name basis with Mark Stoops. And Bob Holt makes that. Because Bob Holt is this – he'll do the same thing on the SEC teleconference, too. Y'all don't listen to it, but he does the same <laughs> exact thing where he's always got a question. Um, but Bob Holt is an American hero, a true gem. And this was his week to shine, and, and we're, we're really missing out on it. It's a real shame. And then Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin's return. <sighs> because this – Media days, when it was first started, was kind of the kickoff to football season because after football season's over, it kind of dies. Well, college football season's over, it would kind of die, and then that this would be kind of the ramp up to the season. 
But now it's become a 24-7, 365 sport. Right, right. Whereas, like, back in the old days, you have your newspaper reporters and right. your, you know, uh, you, you only got your news a few different ways and you didn't have this. This, this essentially, it was used there was probably one back. Yeah. 15 like, years ago, right. 15 years ago, maybe even back in 2007, this was probably like a 200-person event, you would say? You think yeah, that, I mean, give or take. Uh, right. And I mean, like it, Alabama obviously had a lot of people there, but other than that, the schools, people bringing maybe, maybe five, six, seven outlets. Because Tebow was mania was happening then, but yeah. hell, even before that, that's when it started to blow up. I think was then, but before then, it was just kind of this celebration of football being back, and it gave all these media people content to use throughout the season. Gave them quotes. Now you can get it from. Like, I can get on my computer and watch Barry Odom's week two press conference. Right, right, like right. You, you just – you couldn't you couldn't be able to do that before. So, it, I think it, it's changed. Now it's become – media days have become more of kind of the spectacle where the SEC just kind of shows off. We do it bigger and better than anybody else. Well, credentialing all these people and spreading it out through four days. And, and to go to the – back to the promotional aspect, it's changed the way coaches have talked too. You know, Steve Spurrier just oh, used to get up yeah. at the podium and, you know, see how many one-liners he could drop. Whereas now, coaches just try not to uh, – the overwhelming majority, that was going to change this year. But the overwhelming majority was just trying to – because they get so much exposure to try not to, to step on any toes and really start up any sort of controversy or anything. That was the part – that was maybe going to be the most exciting thing about this year is you have three guys really who I think would have done really well in that environment, along with Leach and Kiffin having some egg ball jabs. I think Sam Pittman would have been good up there as well, where you at least have some people who are, are comfortable in that setting and who, I mean, hell, juxtaposed next to Joe Moorhead, who was just trying to get Dan Reno to follow him on Twitter. Like, <laughs> I, I, Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops is not a guy who has the – I'm going to command a room and kind of pull some laughs out on people. But Derek like, Mason's uh, business card. Oh, gosh, man. But, but Wayne Kiffin, though, he's one that, like, is kind of doing the finger guns at people, you know, and he's got the flow. And I'm sure he oh, – I mean, it would have been a – like, it's a zoo every year for Nick Saban, but, like, with Kiffin and Leach, it would have been a zoo for them this year. And I'm wondering, too – also how they would have responded to some of it because I, I think especially in Kiffin's extent you know he doesn't want to be a clown show you know like yes. this is kind of his revenge tour so to a certain extent yeah how he would react to some and also I know there was one woman and I forget her name who's a tv reporter where she was like almost the designated person in the media it's almost like all of the people in Pullman which I'm sure it was like seven people you know two newspaper reporters and like a couple of cameras but there was one girl who uh, a young woman sports reporter who she would always ask the like once a week off the wall question and i i, I was really curious to see obviously start real smaller but how a ballroom would handle that and like all of the touchdown alabama and you know a lot of the people who just you know brag about oh, yeah. credentials and stuff like how they would have handled the michael each experience and if he would have taken kindly to it or if he just would have kind of scoffed at it. Um, and hell, I would have loved fishing for a, a quote about returning to Lexington for the first time. And you know, that hell, I, 
that would have been the easiest story I could have written the week and just have him mm-hmm. ramble on about Kentucky for a little while. So it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame we won't get that. Cause even if we do get him on zoom, like it, it's not the same. Like it's just not. No, it's not. It's not. Don't get them in that atmosphere. I mean, just watching the talk shows at night, it's you, you, you got to get the reaction. And instead you only get like awkward laughs and it, well, and turn the mute off, you know, two or three players a year though, will give us something to talk about. We all remember Benny Snell when he went in there and there's always there's the there's, dude that brought in the there's a couple players last year that was right. kind of weird yeah uh, there's always something they all, the, always something there, there, was it zach stacy or it wasn't zach stacy that's too old uh Keyshawn vaughn who came in and was just talking all kinds of junk no it wasn't vaughn ralph was, ralph webb there we go i'm getting my van yeah ralph webb came in talking a bunch of junk about how he's the best running back in the sec and mm-hmm. all this um Jake Fromm's croquis last year were like yeah. headlining. They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I think mm-hmm. they were so popular. Um, I what I'm really going to miss like it, Dr Pepper, just diet regular, anytime you want it, all day, every day, all day, every day. Just them Golden Flake. You know they Golden Rock Flake. Golden Flake. Golden Flake is. I think that's more of an SEC tournament. Uh, stale, staple than it is ah, okay. SEC media days because the I believe at the tournament it's more of an all day food affair whereas SEC media days right. they have their timing a little bit more restrictive when it comes to eating and whatnot um, but I, the, the thing that you would have been most fired up about it's one of the best perks of all of the perks and that's they do Instead of in Hoover, where it typically is, this year in Atlanta, they have the, they have like a cocktail hour somewhere in Hoover, typically. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, well, whatever. This is like any other hotel one. In Atlanta, they do it at the freaking sideline suites at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I don't care if nobody's in there. That place is awesome to go into. And that night I just was like standing around looking up and the only thing they don't let you do is bring your drink out onto the field and, mm-hmm. or else I would have just been staring and like looking up and pouring drinks in my mouth all night. But that, that place is incredible. And you know, I, even if I wasn't in the business where I'm watching from a press box suite, I would never in a million years be the guy that's on a field sideline level sweet it is it's just cool you just feel right, cool yeah, i can imagine and uh, i i'm really bummed we, we're missing out on that opportunity like it yeah i mean this week is usually like all right it's been a long off season media days are here like we're almost there like almost like you can taste it Oh, preseason you, magazines are flowing. You get some people talking trash, kind of, you know, kind of. You get your interview, man. Oh, on the flip side, coin though of the Mercedes Benz, though, that's that's great, like it. But the media still love to complain about the setup in Atlanta because it doesn't have a true radio row. Media, that's uh, part of our our our, uh, our little business. We got a bunch of complainers. Remember when they ran out of Diet Coke at the combine? We just missed the like outrage. <laughs> People were pissed. Man. <laughs> and that's, a, oh man, there would have been complaints about the setup. People would have been walking over the Chick Fil A. God, I can't believe I gotta buy my own food. <laughs> um, ooh, 
another SEC media day tradition, picking South Carolina ahead of Kentucky. Yeah. Well, wow. another tradition, uh, a reporter asking Muschamp uh, kind of a sensitive question, him getting all pissed off. <laughs> Last year, the guy asked him, how's it feel to be a little brother in your own state? What's <laughs> it? South Carolina ain't little brother nobody. You hear me? <laughs> So oh, seeing man. him seeing him get a little feisty because you know he was probably going to get some feisty questions this year. Oh, definitely, definitely. I would have loved to hear another quote like "We're rededicating to the run game." Um, that would have been fun. Uh, Ed Orgeron reading off his depth chart. Oh, all of the players from Louisiana. Um, man, and the thing is, even though Coach O is a beloved character, he is very boring in front of a microphone. Like, he, he he's he's a very well-prepared, like – Well, well I think he's had – I think back when he's at Ole Miss, he was a little more edgy, I guess you would say. Now now he's just at the job where he doesn't have to really say much. So, it's all about – Keeping between the lines. Right. Jamie Pruitt's boring as hell. I would have – just been mad for 30 minutes listening to that nerdy lot drink with talk. <laughs> Put him in a walker. You know, he was going to, you know, you know, he was going to have some joke or two that he's been sitting on and working on. Oh, it is going to be so for bad. Weeks, it wasn't going to be, no one's going to laugh. You know, you just know he had some. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> it was going to be so bad. Yeah. Like to the part where, like, even in a big room, you would have just been like, <clears throat> but here's the thing though, it would get a laugh because every joke ever told in a press conference always gets a, ha, ha, ha. even the last, <laughs> like, Mark Stoops doesn't tell jokes. He'll have like lines every once in a while, but mm-hmm. people still just crack up. Like, you know, Michael Bennett's still laughing at that one line that Mark <laughs> Stoops had. So, like, uh, oh, Oh, here's another thing. Angry Kirby Smart asking about his quarterback competition because there's where's one happening? Yeah. Look at JT Daniels got his transfer waiver approved. Look at can you believe? I mean, all the hardships he's gone through to get to Georgia. I'm surprised we didn't hear sooner that he was. A lot of people are clear. upset about uh, the timing. I don't really care about the timing. There's just no sense in him getting cleared. Were they were they upset with the timing is in too fast? Too, too yeah, I think slow? some people are like, oh, uh, Joey Gatewood's been out or transferred in January, but I think a lot of it has to do with the school has to come up with a packet or whatever, then has to send it to the NCAA. Once they send it to the NCAA, they return the right, answer. Right. But they have, so I think from that perspective, I don't really care. It's just. This kid was in Los Angeles. He lived in Los Angeles. He he graduated high school early to go to USC. He got hurt. Yes, he got beat out. He decides to transfer. He didn't transfer close to home. He transfers to Athens, freaking Georgia, from Los Angeles, California, and they and they just clear him. I just, I don't why I don't understand it. Yeah, it's, he's Georgia had a kid transfer last year. Went to Illinois from he's from Illinois. Transferred back home to Illinois. Wanted to play close to home. They don't clear him, but. JT Daniels, they do. I just, I, I don't understand. Well, I don't understand was JT Daniels a quarterback? Yeah. Jacob Eason leaves Georgia, goes back home to Washington, doesn't get cleared. I, I do think that there's a sense of, even though they didn't pass that rule, like, I think they're just resigned to, like, I, I haven't heard one person not get it. And you see it more, I think, in basketball, maybe. But I, 
I haven't seen yeah. like anybody say waiver denied this offseason. We're just gonna clear everybody. Let's. I mean, because I, 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 I think they're like, well, some people don't want to go through that rule right now, but you know what? We'll just kind of. It's almost like the the weed laws where all right, we're not going to change the law federally, but we're going to kind of look the other way and just let it happen. I, I, maybe that's where the NCAA is right now. Because really, what hardship could he have other than uh, I got hurt and what was he going to say? USC has bad medical treatment? Like, there, there's no reasonable excuse other than yeah. I got beat out and I want to go play Kate somewhere. Mason's dad lost the damn pinky and he can't get cleared. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, like, well, I don't, I just don't understand it, man. Oh, man. Like he just got the golden boy treatment. Did you see his his headshot for his Georgia? It's so bad. Headshot? It's yeah. so bad. Because his mustache, I don't know. Like as a, as a man who can grow a bad mustache, you got to trim it a certain way. And he like trimmed it at the top, and not at the. It's it's just it's a weird one. And you know what? I'm gonna happily cheer against him. I'm just cheering for kind of chaos down there too because. Uh, you know, David Pollock's Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Jamie Newman. Like, now he might not even yeah. start. Like, yeah. I, that's the part I do love about it all. But, well, let's – Kirby Smart hasn't been great in these situations in the past when it's dealing with quarterback competitions. Oh, and he would have been so flustered at that SEC Media Day spot, uh, podium. Well, right. we get, we're going to have a quarterback competition. We're going to see where it is this fall. He messed up the last one. And then he's probably – I mean, this is going to be another big one. Because you look at Georgia, that defense is stacked. So, and then so that, offensively, they have talent. It's just getting the trigger man. So who's your trigger man? You're 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 Kirby Smart. You've got hell. I don't even know who their offense coordinator is now. Um, Todd Munkin. Oh yeah, yeah, Southern Miss guy. Okay. I, I think they're just it's going to be Daniels. I mean, I don't see how you get him cleared and then you don't sit him unless he's just Tate Martell level of knucklehead. Which you never got that vibe. You just got the Cali kid vibe. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Um, I feel I, like I just don't see how, unless Newman is head and shoulders above him, which I don't really think he is. Mm-hmm. Daniels is your guy moving forward. I mean, he's got three years of eligibility left, I think. Man. So think of the wild world, too, where, hey, you know, seniors. There's no football season, but everybody gets another year of eligibility if they want it, you know. See, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they can do that, though, for scholarship numbers. Well, they did it for baseball. A lot of these schools they won't be able exceptions. to afford it. Hey, you know what? If if you want to be good, you can you can find a ways to afford it, you know what I mean? And I know mm-hmm. baseball's had a few exceptions. There's there's a couple – I think there's two softball players at UK who are, who are going to take advantage of that. Um, but, hell. Uh, if you're UK, you gotta who who would who would UK's SEC media days representatives be? Who do we think like it if it, if if it was happening this week? Drake Jackson. Yeah, I think Drake's a shoe. In. They get three, right? Yeah, and they like to do at least you know they're not gonna. I don't think they would do three offense or three defense ever. I would think Boogie Watson. Yeah, you think they would bring him? I, my other guy I was thinking would maybe be Bohanna. Uh-huh. I'd probably – I would say Boogie. But, yeah, Boogie's a little bit more Close polished. Uh, and then after that, I would say either Pascal or Terry. And I would probably go Terry because Pascal has another year. They prioritize seniors. Yeah. And yeah. Wayne and Young would – Pascal when he's a senior for sure. Wayne and Young would kind of be a candidate, but he did all the Allstate good work stuff. So, like, uh, I mean, I know that doesn't 
Like just because you're the best community servant guy doesn't mean it should exclude you from that. But he's he's gotten to do a lot of. Things. If you got an all first team all SEC guy that's going to be preseason first team all SEC, you have to bring him. So that I think that would give Drake the trump card. Right, right. So Drake probably Drake Terry Boogie. Um, Plus Drake Drake Jackson is in position to win a national award, so I think they're going to try to get him out his name out there. Drake's great to talk to too. Right. It, yeah, and he's good behind the mic. He also reminds me of a St. Rita kid that your brother went to school with. That it just like when they when they speak, it's one of my, one of my DeSales buddies. When they, I mean, they're kind of built the same too. When they open their mouths, I'm like, I'm weirded out. It, it same cadence, <laughs> same like kind of smart ass remarks, like or not, but you know, kind of like a they're separated us, birth or something well we try to get me you know media folks we try to get fancy with our questions sometimes and he's just like you know it's not that difficult um he's he's a practical guy uh mm-hmm. I, i'm a big fan of drake jackson and it's been a pleasure having him and landon around for the last five years now uh kind of weird yeah, that'll lot if they don't have a season it would suck that they couldn't take one last advantage of this offensive line in this core that's why waivers bring them back because you, man, I, that offense no, oh, like so we're, we're even having fun. We're not going to get sad again. Oh. Don't go. Oh. Don't you dare go down that road, damn it. Uh, oh, no. All right. What, what was the last thing? Holy crap. Have you seen Yusuf Corker? Jesus yeah, Christ. He's Holy broke. dad strength, man. Dude, and you know what? Like He's a, he's a classic case of – Kentucky secondary was so improved and it, it didn't necessarily come from one in particular spot, but if there's one you would point to, it would be Yusuf Corker. He was great last yeah. year. Well, it was his first play getting to play and all you really hoped for was that he would live up to that recruiting ranking. And he did that last year. And so now it's all about putting it all together now, moving forward. I mean, you noticed him when he was gone uh, more so than anything that Florida game. Right. I mean, without him, it's it's a completely different defense and physicality, man. You're adding the kind of muscle he's added on this offseason. He's going to be right. a, an absolute stud next year. Mm-hmm. So a guy that we got to be talking about now. There, I did think it was funny. Like, yeah, he was a guy I think could made made a run at all. You see this year, I think he's got that ability and chance. I, I wrote that uh, Bruce Banner is dead. Yeah, the Hulk is now taking over Yusuf Corker. And I actually had somebody direct message me. It's not Bruce Banner. It's David Banner, you idiot. And I (laughs) – all right, I'm not – I actually did have to go back to Google and check it when I got that DM. And I was like, no, David Banner's the – David Banner, David Banner. Haven't seen a Chevy with the butterfly. Come on. Butterfly doors. (laughs) Yeah, come on. David Banner's the – (laughs) yeah. Come on. He's on the Def Jam video games. Uh, He had the – did you ever play the Def Jam video games like it where the rappers would fight? Like it was like a Tekken style or Street Fighter style game? No. Oh, <laughs> no. it was great. Because David Banner, after he would beat you, they would almost have like finishing moves. And he would say, I'm from the M. Ah, kukula, kukula, ah, kukula, kukula, ah, humpback, humpback, ah, make him want to die. And we would shout it every time afterwards. Man, the amount of times I've spent playing that stupid video game. But David Banner, much different than, than Bruce Banner. Bruce yes. Banner, Hulk. David Banner, one of Mississippi's finest. Uh, sorry, Dammer. I got that one right, pal. Uh, but I think we got this one right. I think this is a good time to head out before we go down the, the, 
the wrong road. I hope you all enjoyed our honest and open conversation about a little bit of COVID stuff. Uh, and I hope we get uh, some better news. We're probably not going to get anything for, you know, what, two weeks or so. So if not yeah, the next time we podcast, the following podcast. I think we probably need to be looking towards the last week of July. Yeah. So I think we've got to get through these two weeks. And then once we do that, then I think we'll probably get some news. One way right. or the other. Just do what you're supposed to be doing, folks. Maybe we'll get some football to play. Huh? What do you say? Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Uh, keep your legs crossed. Your mind on Jesus. Thank you all so much for listening. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats. Go Krogering. We'll see you all next week.